And I'm going to ask Chantelle to come up. She's going to lead us in something here. When you walked in um, this morning, you hopefully were given two index cards and a pen. Um, Marcus has some extra index cards and pens, so if you weren't able to get two of them, can you just raise your hand and he'll come around and and hand some out? Thanks, Marcus. Okay, I can't take credit for the idea, but... um, It was kind of interesting, the song that Megan picked today about the battle, Belonging to God. Um, So we are going to today um, use our index cards to pour blessings um, onto Kate and Dallas as they're away. So most of you know that they're at YWAM. Um, So we're going to do it a little bit differently, though. I know, like at work, when I sign cards, I just kind of like sign whatever comes to mind. Um, We're going to do it a little bit more intentionally where um, we're going to ask God what he wants us or what he wants you to tell them. So that might mean you get something in your mind, like an image that you you might not really be sure what that means, but um, trusting that God has something for them that he wants them to know. It might be a Bible verse that he places on your heart. Um, You might have an impression or something you're just thinking um, that you really feel like this is is for Kate or this is for Dallas. Um, So one way to do this is we can just ask God as we spend a couple minutes um, thinking and then writing down or drawing if if you're artistic and he gives you an image. Um, what it is that he wants to bless them with. Um, We will have these uh, gift bags with their names on them just over on the pool table there. Uh, And at the end of the service, if you can just put your index cards, whichever one is for Dallas, whichever one is for Kate, you can sign your name at the bottom of your index card, and then we will have them mailed out to them. So I'm going to get Megan to come up. She's going to play some music while we spend some time listening and asking God and just asking him, Father God, Um, what is the blessing that you want Kate to know? What is it that you want Dallas to know, God? And spending some time listening and then feeling whatever's on your heart, whatever he's showing you, just writing that down so that we can then collect them and then send it to them. So before um, we do that, I'm just going to pray and then Megan will play some music and then you can spend some time. And when you feel that you're you're ready to write, you can just feel free to write. Um, And then we will just have at the end of the service, you can go and put it over. um, So you can have some extra time too, if you feel like you need some extra time in the service to to write something to them. So we're just going to pray. Father God, I thank you for Dallas. And I thank you for Kate. And I thank you for their courage and bravery, God, and all that was needed and orchestrated by you, God, to send them to YWAM. And so, God, as they enter um, just daily time with you, God, and we know that there are battles that are going to be along the way, I pray that you would fill them, God, with your blessing and that you would use our congregation, Lord, to, to, to share with them what is on your heart and that when things are hard 
or when things are tough and when that battle just feels like it's really hard, that they could lean on these cards, God, these words from you to pour blessings into their life, God, and just lift them up. So we thank you for them and we thank you for the relationship you have with us that you can use us um, to just encourage and uplift them, God. Thank you. Amen. Well, you can feel free to continue those as the Lord leads you as we um, move through the rest of the service or afterwards as well. Let's just pray. Lord, make us a blessing to Dallas and Kate. Make us a blessing to you. Make make us a blessing to the Dream Center in this city. Lord, would you do your work in us? Would you make us people who walk more closely with Jesus and in step with your spirit to the glory of the Father every day of our lives? Would you make us people who revere your scriptures and obey the words of Jesus? Would you make them things that we treasure? Like this is our lifeline. Lord, thank you for your word. Where would we be without it? Thank you for revealing yourself to us. Thank you that you didn't just leave us to our own whims and impressions, but you gave us your word and you gave us your spirit. And with these, it is enough. It is enough for whatever we are facing. Lord, would you remind us of this today? Would you put these things down deep within us? Would you birth good things as a result? We look to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Has anyone not had the experience of feeling like you thought you knew what was going to be happening next, and then the plans start going sideways? I'm getting some nods like, okay, this is a familiar experience. This passage is all about what happens and what do you do when your plans, when the plans change. And when they're the plans that I feel like I'm really loud. Am I, am I really loud? Or is it just, you know? How are we doing now? Is that better? Slightly better, okay. This passage is about what do you do when you thought that God had given you the plans and your best understanding of God's plans for your life suddenly are taking a different turn. What do you do? Read read this passage with that in mind, okay? Would you go to John 14, please? We're taking the last verse from last week's passage because it leads into a question that one of Jesus' disciples is going to ask him. And I want you to pay attention to the question and then look for the answer Jesus gives to the question in the passage. And I will warn you, it is very difficult to find. And I, I will not be looking down on any of you if you don't immediately come up with the answer that Jesus gives to this man's question. It is not easy. Right. So the last verse for the last week is John 14, verse 21. Jesus is speaking. He says, the one who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And the one who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love that person and will reveal myself to them. 
And that prompts a guy named Judas, who is not Judas Iscariot. He says to to Jesus, Lord, what happened that you're going to reveal yourself to us and not to the world? So his question is, what happened? Because my best understanding, Jesus, of the plans that God had and that you seem to be working out, it sounds like you're not going to do those. You're not, you're not following through with those plans. What's going on, Jesus? And Jesus answered him and said, if anyone loves me, he will follow my word. And my father will love him and we will come to that person and make our dwelling with that one. The one who does not love me and does not follow my words, then the word which you heard, the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father who sent me, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while remaining with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. Peace. I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So do not let your hearts be troubled, nor be fearful. You heard that I said, I'm going away and and then I'm coming to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I'm going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I am. And now I have told you before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will not speak much more with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has nothing on me. But so that the world may know that I love the Father, I do exactly what the Father has commanded me. So get up. Let's go from here. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This guy named Judas says, Jesus, the plans appear to have changed. And again, I ask you, can you relate? I mean, think about, think about the plans that this disciple had in mind. He, he looks at Jesus and said, the Messiah's role is to conquer our enemies. And they're there, and they're there, and they're there, and they're there, and they're there. They've got spears, they've got swords. You, you're supposed to be dealing with them. So what are you talking about, Jesus, that you're just going to reveal yourself to us privately and you're not going to actually show who you really are to the world? What, what changed Jesus? Why, why are you not keeping up with the plan that's clearly in Scripture? I mean, this guy, this disciple has Scripture to back it up. What's the deal, Jesus? And where's Jesus' answer? Because the text explicitly says that he answered him. Where's Jesus' answer? It is really hard to find. So may, may, I, um, may I relieve you of some pressure and give you some encouragement. We have made this point before in the Gospel of John. Sometimes... God does answer you, but it's not the answer you're expecting, and it can be very hard to find. Don't don't be so quick to assume that your prayer is not being answered. Because often for ourselves, like this guy Judas, he needs to rethink his assumptions that are behind his question so that he can find the answer that Jesus is giving to him. 
Don't be so quick to assume your prayers have gone unanswered. The next part of the prayer conversation with the Lord might need to be, Lord, how are you answering my prayer in ways I had not expected? Go deeper with the Lord. He will lead you. Because Jesus does answer the question here, but it's hard to find. So where's the answer? It's at the very end of what we read. Judas asked, what's happened? Why are you not going to reveal yourself to the world? And Jesus actually says, I am going to. Look what he says in verse 31. What I'm about to do is so that the world may know. There is going to be a revelation, and it is going to go to the world, but it's not going to be like what you are looking for, Judas. And then he gives him a reason why he's going about it this way. Look at the rest of the verse and find the reason why Jesus says he's going to do what he's going to do. What does he say? What does he say? What's the reason that he gives for why he's going to do what he's going to do? Because he's going to do what the Father has told him to do. It's a listening and obeying relationship. You remember Jesus just spoke about a listening and obeying relationship that produces revelation, right? Verse 21, the one who loves me will be loved my father. If anyone obeys my commands, he starts with, if, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. The result of obeying my commands and loving me is the father will love you and I will reveal more to you of myself. Feel free to come get it, it's all good. Intimacy and obedience lead to revelation. And we see Jesus actually demonstrating that. He says, I love the Father. I'm in obedience to him, and he has told me what to do next. And so Jesus' answer to Judas is, we're doing this, and we're going this particular route, because this is what the Father told me to do. And now here's the plan. He says, I'm going to the Father, and the enemy is coming. That's a sucky plan in some ways. He says, you should rejoice that I'm going to Father. That's totally true. But the, what's the other part of that? The enemy's coming. And that this was always the plan. I'm doing this because it's what I've been told to do. Are we prepared to do hard things because the Lord told us to do it? So we get the question at the front. Jesus, why is the plan why is the plan appearing to change? Why are you not revealing yourself to the world? We get the answer at the end. The plans haven't changed, but your assumptions need to change about it. I am still going to be revealing myself to the world, but not in the same way. And I'm doing it because the Father has told me to do it. And what's everything in the middle about? 
Everything in the middle is what you need, what disciples need to cope with plans that look like they're changing and they're about to be really hard. So when I asked you, have you ever been in the middle of something where it appears that God's best plans for you seem to be not going the exact way that you would like, and it creates anxiety and fear and frustration, and you have all of those responses where you're like, where are my coping mechanisms? I'm, I need to reach for those right now. Where's my chocolate bar? Where's my caffeine? Et cetera, et cetera. Jesus has offered you something instead of the chocolate bar. So that's where we're going to look at now. Because what has he offered you? The first thing that he's offered you is a friendship with the Father. Could we begin to lean on the Lord and and cultivate a friendship with him that that is actually a a bigger relief and a bigger, um, that, that it produces peace in us more than turning on the TV gives us a distraction, which gives us a little bit of a buzz, which just helps us escape a problem for a little bit, but it actually, just, it's still there when the show's over. Could we, could we begin now cultivating that friendship with the Lord? Because Jesus says, if anyone loves me, verse 23, he will follow my word, my father will love him, and we, both Jesus and the father, will come and make our dwelling with this person. You're going to need that friendship when the plans look like they're going the other way. Cultivate it now. It is on offer. It's not for special people. It's what makes you special because God has decided that although being master of the universe, he would like a friendship with you, regardless of the week that you had. What else do you need? What else do you need when the plans seem to be going sideways? Verse 26, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will come and he will teach you all things and remind you of what I have said to you. When I was in Bible college, I can vividly remember um, my, my introductory Bible prof looking at John 14 and looking at John 16, where it talks about the Holy Spirit revealing things to the disciples. And he said, this was before the Bible was written. It applied only to the apostles. It does not apply to you. Okay. That's John 14 and John 16. What's in the middle of John 14 and John 16? John 15. Well done. What's John 15? Abide in me, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Does that only apply to the apostles? Okay, good. So maybe his theory was a little bit off. This is for you too. This is for you too. If If you are part of that vine, this is one of the things flowing through the vine to the branches. 
It is the Spirit who reveals. My prof also used to point out, it, well, this is just pointing back to Jesus. The Spirit was pointing back to Jesus' words. He says, I will remind you of what I have said to you, Jesus says. He will remind you of what I have said to you. That's totally true. He will remind you of what Jesus has said. He will remind you of what is written in the book. But could you look at the verse more carefully, please? Look at verse 26. He will teach you all things and remind you of what I have said to you. It's word and spirit in the exact same verse. Which means we, we, we need this book. We need this book. We, we revere what God has written in here. Truth, we stand on that. We filter everything else that we have heard through this. But this does also point out that he has more to reveal that is not currently written in this. That you will need in your time where you come to the Lord and say, Lord, the plans have changed. I feel like everything around me is, is shaky. I don't feel like I know where I'm going next. And the Lord says, get the book, get the spirit. You will need both for those times. And, and for some of us who have cultivated a um, just a love for the word. We have, we have put those scriptures down so deep. When, when there's a situation that, that, that you are facing, you've got scriptures there in the moment that are helping you. They're framing the very situation for you. You are relying on them. They are absolutely needed. Do you have that same level of discipline with respect to hearing from the Spirit? And for those who have been really spirit-oriented, do you have that same level of discipline with the word? Your word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You don't have to choose. You're not supposed to choose. Jesus said, I gave you a book and a spirit, and they go together. You will need both. What else does he say they're going to need? Peace. Verse 27. My peace I give unto you. Was Jesus ever anxious? Did he ever worry? What he had and has is currently accessible to his followers. The peace that let him sleep in a storm on a boat is yours. My peace I give unto you. So don't let your hearts be troubled nor be fearful. It's peace that conquers trouble and peace that conquers fear. It's Jesus's and it's yours. It's yours. But friends, we need to learn to cultivate that peace prior to the storm. Because I have told you before, 
when a pandemic hit, I did not have the spiritual resources needed to face that. It's a deeply humbling moment. I'm moving quickly, partly because the kids are in the service today and I don't want to keep this as long. So let me just repeat, life is not predictable. You are going to need fellowship, friendship with the Lord. Start now. Peace is available. Learn to develop it now. We have Jesus' words and we have the Holy Spirit's guidance. Cultivate these now. tell you a story. Carson moved from Texas to a lakefront property in northern Ontario. It was early spring when he moved in, and he followed the previous owner's instructions on how to put out the water line and restart the septic system and get the water flowing through the cottage. He was eager to get out on the lake, hoping to land some trout or bass for dinner, when his new neighbor, Pete, came over to introduce himself. After some small talk with Carson, uh, Carson feeling anxious to get fishing, Pete asked if Carson had plans to dig a well. No, I've got the water line out in the lake. The sinks work, the toilet works, um, the water tastes great coming out of the faucet. I'm good to go. Oh, so you'll be flying south for the winter then, Pete asked. No, Carson replied, this is home now. I actually prefer cottage life to ranch life. Oh, well, glad to have you, Pete said, but you're going to need a well. Thanks. I I appreciate the advice, but, you know, the fish are biting, and this is what I've been waiting for. Well, okay, good luck. They parted. Carson was mildly annoyed at the bad pun, but was glad to have a friendly neighbor. Weeks later, while he was putting out the docks, Pete came by again. You dug your well yet? No, I've got a whole lake. And this stream right here, it's got fresh water. It runs right down the side of my property between mine and the next. It's wonderful. Pete looks at him and says, yep, those are two good water sources. To be sure, that that stream is actually fed uh, by a spring up in the bush. It's, It's amazing drinking water. I've had it myself. But you need a well. Thanks. I think I'm covered, though. I'll I'll see you later. I'm taking the grandkids out wakeboarding. Very well. Catch you later. Another bad pun, and their paths didn't cross for some time. But as August was fading, Pete drove by while Carson was cutting the lawn, and he stopped his pickup truck and got out. They talked about the fall colors just starting and the leaves that would need raking, and then Pete brought up the well again. No, I haven't dug a well, Carson said. This time he was annoyed. Why would I? Stream, lake. Well, my friend, and Carson rolled his eyes. Pete continued, that stream's going to freeze up. And that that lake is going to have six feet of ice and snow on top. Your water line is for summer. Wells are year-round. Winter is around the corner. You need a well, or you're going to be boiling snow in a pot this winter, and that won't be a lot of fun. 
See the point? You will always have access to water in a time of need. Okay? Jesus will always make himself available to you at whatever season you are in, even if it's winter. But dig the wells now. Dig the wells now for friendship. Dig the wells now for peace. Dig the wells now in scripture. Dig the wells now in learning to hear the guidance of the Spirit. Because yes, you can go grab water last minute, but it's harder. Could we prepare in times of plenty for times when there will not be plenty? That is the call of this scripture. Jesus is preparing his disciples for when it's not going to be so easy. Will we heed that warning? Will we receive that encouragement? How do you dig a well? Cultivate the friendship. Spend more time. Notice the way that you react to stress. And if stress causes you to reach for television remote or bottle or candy bar or or whatever else it is where it's a place that we look to find comfort, where we look to find relief, where we look to find distraction, where we look for a little bit of a buzz, I challenge you at to notice those times and then start redirecting and dig a deeper well. You want to dig the wells now, my friends. Let's dig the wells. Because there's there's good water. And it will be there when we need it. Let's pray. Lord, I I preach to myself. I am just as much in need of deeper wells. I, I thank you for the starts that you have made in my life and others in this room where we have found deep comfort in the scriptures, or we have found deep comfort in the friendship with the Lord, or or we walk in continual peace, letting go of worry and fear, whatever it is. But Lord, we We need all of our wells in place and we need them to go deeper in you. So Lord, would you you grow us in friendship with the Lord that that displaces stress? Would would you grow us in in our love for the scriptures and in walking in the scriptures and and deriving comfort and and relief from the scriptures? so that they they reorient our perspective towards you, towards your way of thinking, towards your way of viewing the world, so that as stress and trouble come, we, we think with hope. Lord, would you make us people who learn to keep in step with the Spirit and, and hear the voice, like my sheep hear my voice? Would you grow us in that in the everyday so that when it's harder to hear when there's stress, we can go back to, nope. No, I, I have cultivated this. I can pause. I can take a breath. 
I can worship and give thanks and I can receive. I can receive peace. I can receive guidance. Lord, would you, would you make us people who will pursue you in good times in preparation for other times? Lord, would you make us people who heed the words of Jesus and the words of the scriptures that we might get ready because you are coming soon. Because as Jesus will say later on, in this world, you will have trouble. So may we be people who, as we especially get into the scriptures and are reminded of of the words of Jesus, can then make preparations and say, and, and receive what you mean when you say it, but take comfort. I've overcome the world. May we, may we from the friendship, from the scriptures, from the guidance of the spirit, from the peace, find that we can be okay when the trouble comes. Because the wells are deep and the water is good because you will never leave us or forsake us. And you have given us what we need in advance. Guide us, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you give good gifts to your children. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace and bless you as you dig your wells. Have a great week.